friends! Welcome to episode 246 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? I'm so going to unmute one of these times so they can hear you doing that. Doing what? The oh. intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so you're all aware, uh, while you're all hearing that you know classic intro that is now almost five years old um, that we've been using, uh, we sit here and make fun of it kind of lightly, like because we've heard it a billion times, just as much as you get two hundred and forty-six times. Um, but like the most recent edition of us like playing around with it and having fun is we do it as if cats were meowing to it. And it's I, rather adorable, honestly, to have us both doing it. <laughs> it's kind of a duet we got going on. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. One takes the high part, one takes the low part. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I wouldn't uh, even be embarrassed. No, I think it'd be fun. Maybe we'll just slap it in there for one of the days. Honestly, y'all are welcome. Do we actually have a show on April 1st? Uh, that would be hilarious I if I could squeeze it in that one. No. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. We've, be we've fun. been threatening to do the April 1st show. <sighs> We really for, have like, the longest time. Just like spoof an episode completely. We were gonna, yeah, we were gonna have some surprises. We've, we've, we've had. We've a, had a lot of doctored ideas of surprises. Yeah, so. yeah. We just never got around to it, and just never really thought like, eh, we yeah. fooled you. Yeah. We're terrible at that too. You know, it, it takes effort, like it extra does. effort. We're already doing enough. It, it does, <laughs> and like the effort that we were that we were going to do involved roping in a bunch of other people and stuff yeah. that, and it just, yeah, it just never yeah. really materialized. Nah. 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 No. Wednesday rolls around and we're just like, Ugh, we're just going to do a regular show. We're here. We're doing <laughs> we're here. this. Let's just, yeah. we'll just, Let's just keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. So, hi, everybody. Hi. Um, for those of us in the live, or those of you in the live chat, thank you for joining. We appreciate you being here. Uh, for those listening at home from the comfort of other things, either VMXLR or later tonight or Thursday. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it. Um. We've had a few new additions to the Discord, which I love. Oh, it's yeah, been yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Good, uh, good, good seeing some new blood on the Discord. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yeah. We love having new people join in and ask questions and throw their ideas around. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun seeing some of the stuff come to fruition. We've got one of our listeners is uh, working on a uh, release, like a, a, a TTRPG release mm-hmm. of, uh, in, in like a mini format. And it's fun watching it grow. Is that the 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 twenty four XX one that yep. uh, was it Hulu was doing? I think Hulu was doing. Yeah, that one. yeah, and it's it's fun watching that like come to life. Yeah, and it's really like it's really good. It's like, great. The, the, the PDF for it is is nice, short, sweet, but it's succinct. It's it's easily easy to understand and yeah. uh, really well put together for it. Yeah. No, I, I love seeing that kind of stuff and and just uh, you know pe- people talking about topics that we've gone over months years ago mm-hmm. coming back and like hey this is a thing that I'm working on and it's you know I really appreciated this and i've you know i got this and it, i love it it's fun yeah it's, it's wonderful to see. to see it's wonderful to see yeah. so you uh, didn't have any games no i think we're nothing special there there's no more stalling we have to get on topic it's a long topic it's a bit of a long topic uh yeah and i think it, it, the origins of this topic kind of start um uh, probably a couple of years ago, and 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 are entirely ongoing. Um, in yeah. that you know, you and I, we like to uh stay on Reddit and and such like that, on other bits of social media to uh, kind of pay attention to what the the community is talking about, what where the, the hot... pulse is. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and one of the topics that I, I continue to see, and it is as much as uh anybody who's a frequent listener of the show knows, I have several qualms with Dungeons and Dragons 
It's my 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 problematic ex. Right, right. Um, but I still stay in some of the the D and D subreddits just because I, I like paying attention to what the the community is talking about. And one of the things that I keep seeing in these subreddits is questions of like, uh, my players uh foraged for mushrooms in the forest, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what should be the consequences of eating those mushrooms? Yeah, what 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 things should I do to them? And then you have got a bunch of people chiming in like, oh, 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 have it, you know, have one of the mushrooms, like, eternally curse one of their bloodlines, and then they have to go on a quest to, like, you know, get it taken off. Or like, oh, have it turn them into something, or, you know, have it, you know, ensnare them by a fa- by a fairy, and then now they have to, you know, try to weasel their way out of this contract that they've, they've, they've entered into, you know? Yeah. Things like that. And to me, like, those threads always bother me on a fundamental level and i think i kind of wanted to talk about that tonight yeah i think i think the alternative ones that i get are uh you know my players did stupid or silly thing x how do i punish them and get them back on track yeah that's another big one you know it's almost like using you know the you know in this case i think the carrot you know the carrot isn't gonna work i want to go with the stick Mm -hmm. and it's like uh okay like I don't. I don't necessarily think that's the right idea to go. And secondly, they're having a good time. Why? What's going on here? So right. How have we? How have we ended up in a situation where we're looking at our players in our fun game, where we all gather? You know, we take time of our busy lives and get together, and we schedule this once a week, once a month, whatever, to to do this. And we are using the word punishment yeah. to describe the, the actions we are engaging in. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And. It's it's almost like a coach mentality. Yeah. But I, I think it comes back and kind of stems from DMs having an adversarial relationship. I think that's kind of... It's a point of reference there. So let me step into like a little bit of why I think it comes around. Yeah, sure. Why, why are we intent on making consequences... Why are these important? And I use the word consequences not in the general sense, but in the like negative sense. Mm-hmm. In most the, most of the times I see this, I think the biggest reason overall is control. Yeah, you know, DMC, and I and I'm I'm going to use control in quotes, but I think it's true. Still, mm-hmm. many DMC that their games are theirs, that it's a, their story, their feeling, their choice on how it should be portrayed because it's a crafted experience. Yeah. You know, I want this to be gritty Dark Souls. My players are making fun of everything. How do I punish them? Right? That, okay, it's your vision. Did you let them know that that's how you would really want the game to feel like? Right, right. right. You know, how how did that not happen? And this, this often leads to the DM screen coming up and dice rolls happening behind it and them being against their players. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're they're having to try and wrangle them back into this world that is presented before them in a in a very specific way that they're not meeting the standards of the world yeah yeah so um i i think i think there's 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 also an aspect to it too where i i don't i don't think that a lot of a lot of storytellers realize that they're doing this okay. you know um to, to give them kind of the benefit of the doubt sure but at the same time though i think what they're doing is they're thinking well you know, I want my world to feel alive, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. I want I want there to be, you know, 
action begets consequence, you know, and I yeah. want things to feel interactive and stuff like that. So I want them to feel like they can't just do things and not, you know, have an, a, a pushback from the world around them. Sure. But, you know, then you, you start getting into these things of like where, where those consequences are coming from innocuous places or they're coming from the the old roots of that adversarial DM relationship. Yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to use the word punish because in my mind I'm not punishing you. Right. I'm making an interactive experience. Right. That is a negative consequence for a thing that you've done. Right, exactly. Like, you know, oh, you're you're stealing from, you know, er- every single time you guys go into a new shop, you're stealing. Mm-hmm. So the consequence is, is now they know you're coming and the guards are watching you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a uh, I'm going to have a encounter ready the next time you guys go into a shop so that I can I can show you what happens to thieves. <laughs> right, so I can pun I mean show yeah. you what happens to thieves in this world. Exactly. And it's like okay, like maybe just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know. If that's just not something you want your players doing, you know. Um, or if you think it's detracting away from the plot, yeah. right? Like there's all kinds of reasons. I also tend to believe that a lot of this comes from this concept. Like, I mean, you and I grew up watching movies where the heroes could do ridiculous things. And the worst thing that would happen to them is their commander would look at them and say, I want your badge and gun on my desk. Right. And right. they'll have it back by the end of the episode. Exactly. Because you know? they're yeah. big damn heroes doing yeah. big damn heroy things. Of course. So, like, that's kind of in the back of our psyche that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And and as storytellers, we forget that that thought that goes through things that, you know, in in some stories, yeah, the heroes are going to knock out a half a block of, you know, city and and total damages exceeding a trillion dollars because they just took on an alien race in the town. Mm -hmm. But the very next story that comes out of that storyteller might be that, yes, the government is no longer going to take that crap, and the first time you F up, they're going to sanction you and tell you you're not allowed to come and help anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. you're too damn dangerous, Wanda Maxima. <laughs> you know? And and I, I we saw that in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like, each movie was distinctly different about how it policed the heroes. Mm-hmm. And... I think one of the keys to that is is that you have to you kind of have to look at it from the lens of the world. It's not a matter of realism in any of that. Mm-hmm. We know they're superheroes. There's nothing realistic sure, in there. Sure. But within the framing of it, like law and order isn't realistic either. Oh god, yeah. Right? But realism is high on their scale. But anybody who's in those I'll use the term lightly industries or services will tell you that yeah, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That person would literally be under indictment for what they just did. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of a thing. But but there's gaps there because it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's it, There's certain exceptions to it. I think the second kind of flavor that comes into that is that if it's not real, then it's kid stuff. It's childish. 
Right, right, right. We want to. We're 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 adults, and we're here to play an adult game, and that means gritty realism, and that means things have consequences. Exactly. You can't just expect things to be handed to you. Yeah, I was. I actually found this quote, and I liked it. It was. Uh, th- there was a discussion literally on this topic on uh, RPG.net, and uh, I want to quote. Uh, I think it's Frivietti. 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 Yes. Yeah. Um, I've seen that attitude before. It is a bad attitude. It predates the idea, predicates. or predicates the idea of escapism as inherently childish, and it follows up by assuming that you get the same things out of escapism as a child that you do as an adult. It derives from an ethic that believes that things have to have value to be worth doing, and that value has to be measurable in specific ways, or else it's not real. Mm-hmm. And what they're basically saying is is that there has to be a measurable realness, a value to what is being done there ethically, mm-hmm. otherwise it's pointless. And yeah. that's not true. I understand it. I can get the framing behind that. But that's not true when you're an adult. The things, you can't reference it with the same inheritance. Mm-hmm. It's not the same kind of learning experience. You can't take a child's book and compare it to, oh, I don't know, an adult book, and say, you need to have the same values and ethics. No. Mm-hmm. I assure you, you don't. Yeah. I, I, I can point to a, a more than a dozen adult books that have horrific ethics in them, and they're great stories, mm-hmm. because they're stories. Yep. They're not there to teach you anything wonderful value-wise. Yeah, yeah. And they're meant to be an escape. Mm-hmm. Something enjoyable, something to reduce your stress, something to make you think maybe, put you in a different setting, and those are all acceptable. We don't have to have role-playing constantly be a teaching tool to keep us ethically in line. Nor do you need to earn your victories and your fun through pain and punishment. I think you make it a point there as well, which steps right into my next one, which is, is that people who want... To have power fantasies shouldn't be allowed. Right, yeah. That concept should just oh. be cut short. I Yeah, I see that so much, like especially in Dungeons & Dragons discussions, where it's like, uh, how do I stop my sorcerer from casting his spells and being awesome? Yeah. Yeah, He last game session, uh, he cast like three spells and uh, utterly you know, defeated the encounter that I'd set up for them. And uh, that was no fun for me. So how do I ruin his... I mean, how do I nerf him? I mean, how do I uh, rein him in so that he can't, you know, ruin encounters for me anymore? Yeah. Or or even just players who take the time to craft a a character that is min-maxed. Efficient. Efficient. Yeah. That that follows the D&D trope of efficiency. Like, Mm -hmm. I am a class. I am a professional at my class. And therefore, I am good at what I do. So I can beat things better. Yeah. Or I can do that one thing that I'm really good at better. Because I don't want to be on the struggle bus the entire time we're playing. Yeah. I get that. So... Yeah, and you get and you get a bunch of a bunch of storytellers who want to just just they they just they can't tolerate that you know, I I even suffer from that a little bit I think you know mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a little part of me that like when I set up an encounter like I have an expected like an expected level of difficulty for it you right know? right right and there's an impulse I have to actively restrain 
Um, and hopefully I do a good job of it. I but, think you do. But but I, I seriously have to actively restrain, like, not getting a little bit tilted when you guys demolish an encounter that I thought was going to be a little harrowing for you. Well, and you that's, I, I think that's something to be said about the, the concept of powerful heroes. Right, right. Right, like, we, we always come back, to, it, it does always come back to combat being a huge part of it, but really it comes back to challenge and the 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 not true balance of games yeah because it's it's not there's no congruency in balance balance is a crutch that's right yep um i i did want to throw this quote up before we roll into the end because i or into the next section and that was uh when i was 10 i read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if i had been found doing so now that i'm 50 i read them openly when I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. That was C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think that's. I think it's important to remember that one of the childish things is those childish views of adultism. Yeah, yeah. And that, that falsehood of, am I doing this as an adult should? And so. it, le- go ahead, just ju- don't be ashamed of just having mindless fun. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun. And you know what? That is precisely, and I'm kind of glad you put that, that quote where you did, because that is precisely what keeps me reined in from yeah. getting bent out of shape when you guys do overpower one of my encounters, mm-hmm. you know? It's because I look around, I, I'm like, oh man, that encounter didn't go as planned. And then I look up at my table full of smiling faces that are enjoying the thing that happened. I'm looking at the people who are enjoying the power fantasy of having rolled a 37 when they needed a 12. Yeah. And and I go, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Yep. It's all <laughs> going to be just My fine. story will survive, and people will high-five each other at the end of the night. You know? Exactly. Um, all right. So I guess then this this kind of brings up the wider con- the, the discussion then of, like, where where are consequences appropriate? What consequences are appropriate? Things like that. And, you know, how do you go... Can you go too far? Can you not go far enough? These sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I think that's really our calibration point, you know. We can talk all about how, like, okay, well, it's it's dumb when, when storytellers do this. They shouldn't do that. But, right. Like, Just stop. Without, without, <laughs> without getting down to brass tacks and talking about why this happens and then what to do with that information, we're not doing anybody any good. So when should DMs have consequences? And when should they not? Okay, so l- let's let's start with some some just a, a general question that I would put out there, which is, what is the environment and mood that you're trying to get out of the table? I think that's the first thing that most DMs forget yeah. to communicate. It's just it's not discussed in session zero when it should be mm-hmm. versus framing like what books you're allowed to use and what the rule sets that you're going to try and frame up like. Literally, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, set those expectations first and foremost of what sort of what sort of vibes you're looking for at the table. Yeah, are you looking for that gritty realism where everything you know every every action has a consequence, or are we doing something light and pulpy here? You know, yeah, or just straight up ask. Yeah, because sometimes your players aren't wanting the story, and and even after day one, they might be like, yeah, this grittiness is too much for me. Mm-hmm. Can we change it, or do I need to step? Right. 
Right. And that's and that's a perfectly valid question. Mm-hmm. And if you need to step, that's a perfectly valid response. Yes. Of I am not enjoying the game. This is not a personal slight on you as a storyteller. You have not failed. We just have mismatched expectations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the goal of everyone having fun at the table is not being met. So I am going to leave as not to drag the rest of the table down and waste my time trying to have fun with something that is not designed for me. And I I, I will say this. Not everyone, because there's a lot of people, well, you know, just let it play out naturally at the table. You know, they'll they'll get used to how the world reacts, and that's how we'll gauge how the story will go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flat out say it. I've played with storytellers at times and not known what the framing is. Yeah. I just, I can't read them. It just doesn't come across. Likewise, I know a lot of players who just have a hard time with social cues, period, and can't read it. Yeah, absolutely. That's just not in their bailiwick of knowledge that they have. And I, f- I feel like as a storyteller, like, I, I'm I'm the one setting the pace of that of that tone, you know? My players are very, very responsive to the NPCs and the plot mm-hmm. hooks and the actions and encounters that I throw out there. So I'm the one setting that tone at the table. Mm -hmm. If the storyteller walks in and goes, well, I'll figure it out at the table, that means you're riding on a ship with no rudder. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's not there's a lot of guesswork going on on both sides of the table, and that's not good for anybody. So so the question then remains, how do you set a guidepost that isn't a punishment in that sense? Like, what is what is a. I guess a desirable consequence, and how do you read that as a storyteller? Because um, I I feel like they're going to have a reaction. That's what we're always used to seeing. Reactions yeah, sure. are 90% of what we do here. And so it's a matter of, did they react positively to whatever you've got set out there, or did they react negatively? So whether it's a matter of the world reacting in a way that they're comfortable with. I'll, I'll give a good example of this. Mm-hmm. When you shot in the face a, a guy from the, you, you were out, your, your character was on a ship, you were a sniper. Yeah, you his, liter- face, his face was facing me. Like, literally, he was facing you, you shot him. My character's and his, an engineer and a gunslinger. And, and his crew basically just fell apart. I saw a problem and I solved it. Right. Everybody else had a problem around you with what had just happened. Mm-hmm. You had Everybody liter- started throwing the word murder out, and I'm not really sure how that worked. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because my character was... I, Sarah understands now. Sarah didn't understand in the moment. And that's my point. Yeah. Is that it wasn't clear within the framing of the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, because as the storyteller, I have full vision of the universe. And I thought, pirates are coming to kill us... We should kill them instead. Wait a minute. I have a long rifle. Right. How do I do this? And I applied a problem-solving solution to the problem of pirates will kill you if you don't act. Exactly. And in that, I learned as a storyteller that your reaction was not what I intended. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, ooh, okay, Sarah took this pretty hard. I need to have a conversation about this mm-hmm. uh, I, off uh, off camera, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What happened in this? So that I can say, you're playing your character. I am fine with that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's frame what happened in the universe and, and what that meant. So I'm going to now create something that frames around your character. Are you comfortable with this? I'm, you know, is this, a, can we make this into something that fits for your character? Because the events have occurred. I could retcon it. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
But I think it was important that it happened because I don't think you felt like your character needed to take it back. Sure, no, right? no. I mean, I I felt like it was a still still a very in character action. Like I said, yeah. she, she's an engineer yeah. and a gunslinger, and she saw a problem. She solved the problem. Very logical. It was no, it was no more. It was no more of a harsh action or, or, or bad decision for her than applying duct tape to a hole. You yeah, know? exactly. And so in that, it was a matter of. <laughs> It was a matter of how to apply the consequences and then reframe those consequences with the player so that they understood where it was coming from mm-hmm. and just balance it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I gave your character kind of a little bit of scuttlebutt that was going on. I didn't, like, send cops after you. Right, right, like, right. Like, that's not going to happen. But people are going to say, like, oh, there was this person on a ship who murdered this guy. Really? Well, yeah, right. amazing crack shot. Yeah, it's, they they call her the bloody girl. Like, what, what, what bloody Madeline? Yeah, yeah. that was it. And then I and, and 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 the cool thing was you put that out there and you gave me the choice then of like okay you've kind of got a reputation now yeah. what do you want to do with it and mm-hmm. I went wait a minute I've got infamy yeah oh I'm leaning into this yes <laughs> <laughs> so that way it could become part of the world mm-hmm. and the others could see it as well yeah they yeah. could decide if that was a direction they wanted to lean or not yeah sure so so it's a matter of do you incentivize that behavior and mm-hmm. I. I don't think I incentivized it. No, it, I don't think you incentivized it, but but we we had you you made it clear to me that, that what I did was outside of the tone of the game mm-hmm. and I did not fully understand the tone. Yep. Um and so once once we talked about it, I understood. We rolled with the consequences as as they were, but you lightened them. So like it wasn't the end of my character by any means. No, you know? no, yeah, yeah. But there were some there were some in game repercussions for it and such like that. And then we took it from there. Yeah, you know? I I do think that this does fit in the nature nurture framework. Sure, sure. In the sense that the, it, it's it was in not only your character's nature but also just the nature of how you've been playing games. Mm-hmm at that point, of how you were going to react to it. Yeah. That was who you were. But at the same time, though, you know, you as the storyteller need to go against my nature of what I am bringing to the table, Mm -hmm. what I, what, who I am as a role player. Correct. Um, and nurture me with my, you know, with, with how you levied the consequences, Mm -hmm. how you handled levying those consequences Mm -hmm. to essentially teach me that's not the tone of the game. Mm-hmm. These these consequences are you know are what they are, but I also understand that this is a this 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 wasn't something that was done out of malice or anything like that. You know, um, so we're gonna just take it light. We're gonna give it a nudge. I'm gonna talk to you both in in game and out of game, and we'll continue from there. Exactly on good feet. You yep, know. Yep. Exactly. So what? When would you say it's inappropriate to give consequences? Oh, I, I, every situation's a little different, but again, it's it's also the framing of since a consequence is supposed to be a teaching experience, you you need to say what really needs to be taught. When are when are you teaching something, and when is it just an event that occurred? Right, right, you know, right. When is it just funny that it happened? Like, I was reading about one in particular, which I thought was pretty funny, uh, that that framed it very well, is that someone was compla- was saying that, that one of their players, after killing a bad guy, that uh, or a series of, like, a, a group of grunts that basically they had encountered multiple times, he literally teabagged him. Mm-hmm. Like, just did some squats on him, was like, that's right, you, we got you, we got you. And, like, 
right in front of a bunch of people, yeah. right? And he didn't, as the storyteller, he was like, I really didn't want that to be the feeling for the story. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want, like, football-level dances in the end zone because they got a point, in this case, murdered somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So everybody at the table was laughing, though, and having a good time of it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to retcon that they did that. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say that you did murder people outright in the street. You know, and this is not something you guys have done before. So, you know, the constabulary is going to show up and say, hey, guys, we need to take you. We're taking you in for this. Yeah. You'll yeah, probably yeah. get off because these guys are bad, but mm-hmm. we've got to take you in. And they were like, oh, God. and I think it was also wholly inappropriate that you defaced a, you know, a dead body right in the middle of the street. So, like, that was that's a whole nother level of things. <laughs> it wasn't church, illegal, but we are disappointed. We are exceptionally <laughs> like the church is disappointed because you were defiling a corpse. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I didn't. I didn't see it as that. It was like, yeah, it still counts. It right. still counts. And they were like, right. oh, okay. And so they went to court, went to jail for it, and he just extended the story. But it gave him a point to basically set a appropriate. Now, there were people who followed that up saying like, oh, no, no. If you, you need to hammer that down. If your players are just being silly at the table, you should have just immediately put them in shackles and no, put them in a prison. No. That's, a, that's an inappropriate level, a disappropriate level of consequence. You don't want it to be inconsistent with the world. What he did was consistent with the world. Like, yeah. hey, like... Well, aside from the fact that, like, that's a, that's just a huge buzzkill. Like, where do you yeah. go in your story from you're in irons before a judge throwing the book at you in the criminal justice system? <laughs> <laughs> there are only two people. <laughs> exactly. But the, but the whole idea is, is that it can't be disproportionate from literally what the setting is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You you don't want to have like angels on high showing up, you know, from the paladinic order saying like, oh, no, you have done evil. Right. Like, right. Where did these guys come from? Why aren't they going after the bad guy? But like, OK, so let's let's back it up, actually, from that. Because like, OK, so a, a murder and a defilement in the middle of a busy street right. is one thing. Right. Okay? But like a lot of the like kind of what started this whole discussion was things like my my players foraged for mushrooms in the wilderness. What should be the consequences of this? And it's yeah. like, guys, hold on. Whoa. <laughs> what do you mean? Con- Why are we bringing the C word into this? It's not something they foraged for mushrooms in the forest. Like the whole uh, um, chair thing in uh, in Critical Role ex- or the gazebo thing, for that matter. Exactly. If you know the previous story. You teach if you give imp- like inappropriate and in disproportionate consequences to innocuous actions. Yes. Okay. All you are going to teach your players is that they need to be worried about everything yeah. and they need to walk on your on eggshells through your world. Yeah, the the whole thing of like, hey, roll a perception check. Oh, you don't see anything. Okay, now, now okay. I'm sweating bullets. Now I'm just paranoid. Baldur's Gate 3 does that. Does that so lot, like yeah. we're literally like, oh, all four of my characters all failed to perception check. Now I've got to reload the game cuz what the hell did I miss? Right. That's right. the feeling that you get. It's a tension. It, it sucks. is. It is because it's like it's like you start people start rolling dice and they're like, okay, so you ate these mushrooms and now like a fairy pops out and he's like, your bloodline is cursed forever unless you do this service. I ate some mushroom. Are you trying to tell me that I was wrong for eating mushrooms? Oh no, it's just a fun plot thing. Well, it's not fun for me anymore. No. You, you, you cursed my bloodline. Like, 
Yeah. You know, it it's it's not appropriate because it doesn't even fit. It does, yeah. you know, the player was just doing some basic RP. Like you said that like like, like like the chair scene from Critical Role. And I'm not saying that Matt Mercer, you know, didn't necessarily was wrong in fostering this, you know, this this sort of attitude at his table, but yeah. like but like the you describe a room as like there had there's an em- there's a chair in the middle of an empty room. People are like, oh, "What's with the chair?" Well, they got they got that suspicious and that paranoid somehow, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. <laughs> you, that, that that was a setup. Is it is it because the last three times there was something innocuous, it bit him? Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a, a crying wolf, yeah, but in reverse. Exactly. Exactly. So okay, so the idea is that your players are aware that their actions they're taking. Is it in, inadvisable, and it might have consequences? Mm-hmm. That's the framework that you're getting, regardless of whether it's good or bad. What they've learned, because, mm-hmm. like you said, it, the last four times it's been a mimic. Now they're going to poke every chest that they ever come to with a stick. That's that is literally an action that's inadvisable, and it has consequences. You, if you fostered that, that's what you've created. Mm-hmm. That's the consistency you're creating. I mean, so, some of that might be that the, the players bringing it to their table. So don't don't if if that happens at your table, don't blame yourself instantly. But do look at what part you may first have off. That. Open up saying. the player's guide, hand it to them, and say, "What DM hurts you? Show me on the page where the DM hurts you." <laughs> right, right. Because that happens. That yeah. straight up happens. Yeah, they true. they will bring that from another DM, and that other DM did them a disservice. Mm-hmm. But you still have to reset and reframe them within that. Yeah. So yeah. the idea is have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Open that back up. Make sure it's out there. Um, and also meta a little bit. Yeah, let them give them a heads up. Consequences might be on the way. Well, you not know? only that, like their characters live in that world. Yeah, they know. They know. They well, know things you don't that's, know. That's the big thing for me is that is a lot of these a lot of these discussions seem to be framed around the storyteller springing these consequences for an innocuous action on somebody. Yeah. and it's like there's how. How am I supposed to know that you as the storyteller didn't want me to forge for mushrooms? Oh, no, 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 I don't want you to... It's not that I didn't want you to forge for mushrooms. It's just that it's a fun interaction. Well, it's not fun when you're just screwing me over for doing something like finding food for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Give your players a little bit of a heads up of like, you know, you guys are in a weird forest with known fey activity. Are you sure you want to eat here? Yeah. Simple question. Yeah, if we, what what happens if we don't? Well, you may take a point of of exhaustion because because yeah. you because you aren't well fed. Oh, okay. Well, do we want to risk eating mushrooms out of the fairy forest, or do we want to take our point of exhaustion? Well, I don't want the point of exhaustion. Let's eat some mushrooms. Okay. That's I've I've put it out there that that may not be the wisest idea. You guys have made your choice at this point. Okay? Right, right. I don't feel bad about giving you you know repercussions for that now at the same time make it proportional yeah make it like okay you guys take it and unfortunately you know all of you sleep well i I, i'm an elf i don't sleep all of you sleep all of you sleep like whoa okay when you wake up you're groggy you definitely rested probably a bit too much and, like, do you go so far as to say some of their things are missing or anything like that? No. That's disproportionate. But you might frame that, that you know, things happened. 
Maybe it took them longer. Maybe there was a, a consequence, but not necessarily a negative consequence to their actions. For, progress the story, for God's sakes, in some way. Because they're interacting with your world. They're playing the game. And that should be rewarded. No different than someone going to the blacksmith because they want to do something there. Mm-hmm. Use that as a reference point. Enjoy it as a yeah. storyteller. Let them RP. Just make it part of the world. Yep. I think consistency becomes the second part of that. Yeah. If it, Now, I'm not saying that every town needs to have the same laws and same rules and everything like that. No, but the, but there's there's something to be said about like okay we you know we did the exact same thing three game sessions ago and you didn't bat an eye you were laughing along with us and now we do the literally exact same thing under the exact same circumstances and you're telling us that that was wrong and you're like having us arrested by guards or whatever Avengers versus Civil War yeah yeah it's it's the same thing of like mm-hmm. you know oh so last movie we destroyed half of the city fending off these aliens and nobody batted an eyelash right but now this movie somebody accidentally friendly fires and uh, blows up an office building or whatever it was that wanda did yeah and now all of a sudden we need sanctions yeah you know some of us need to go to jail or possibly worse right right some of right. us are now the villains of the story yeah yeah and and as long as everybody's on the same page that that's what the story is about, then you're okay. But, like, yeah. don't change midstream without reframing. Yeah, your players... Ju- if that happens and your players are basically just going to get confused why they're being punished, and they're going to draw conclusions that they're being unfairly treated. Yeah, or that you're just being hypocritical. Yeah, and and honestly, like, something, something that I, I got taught a long time ago is, is that the... The appearance of impropriety is nearly as bad as impropriety itself. I think it's a political statement. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it, it, it is, and that's that's in the context in which I learned it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, like if if you if your rulings at the table are inconsistent in a way that leads your players to believe that you are being biased at the table, that's just they're just going to believe you're biased at the table. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do a lot more harm than it is good. Yeah. So. Owning up to moments that happen at the table, I think, is one of the hardest things as a storyteller. Sure. To be able to do, to say, like, I made a mistake last game session. I, I'm not going to retcon it, but this didn't work out, and it got me very frustrated, and I reacted poorly. Mm-hmm. Say it. That's okay. Teach your, teach your players that they can do that. Yeah, That absolutely. it's all right to talk about those kind of moments, because we all come to the table with different things, and it will happen. Yeah. It's going to happen at every table. Yep. So, all right. So we talked a lot about the the iron hand of consequences coming down on your on your mm-hmm. your players. What if you have a feather hand? What if you have paper hands? Oh, where you just let things happen? Yeah, or you just have too few consequences. So how how does that look? I, I well, I mean, I would say the extreme is that you get walked over. Mm-hmm. Like players just start doing crazy things at at the table, like to the fact of like you know, oh, we just took care of the big bad guy. And, uh, you know what, now I'm also just going to kick over, you know, uh, the building that's next to him to drop it on top of him, even though there's people in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that's a thing. But I think largely, though, like, I, I don't think we can start in and just being like, that's a bad thing. Right. Because just like too many consequences, too few consequences is largely vibes based at the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because for some stories, no consequences is the exact vibe you're looking for. Yeah. You know, 
you want light, pulpy, hand wave all the collateral damage, uh, you know, for the fight with the rampaging robot caused. Sure. You know, and, and, and you don't want to think about how every one of your superheroes force bolts that missed mm-hmm. was like firing a rocket launcher willy nilly into a nearby office building. Mm-hmm. Superheroes always. Yeah, a we, thing. Don't, we don't want to. I don't really want to think about that. We just want to fight the giant robot and fend off the aliens, you know? Yeah. Okay, fine. That's that's fine. That's a that's a no-consequence, light, pulpy power fantasy, and that is absolutely a very valid story choice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, I'm, you know, honestly, thinking about these things isn't generally fun. No. Like... I oh, okay well here's here's the you you guys are superheroes and there's a big robot invading the city <gasps> cool we're gonna fight it mm, do you really want to well yeah it's a giant robot invading the city and we're superheroes what else do you expect us to do I know but you could kill a lot of innocent people like if if you really want to see exactly what I'm talking about watch Invincible yeah uh yeah very rated R mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. very very rated very good. Yes. But very, very rated R, and it is exactly what I'm talking about here with the superheroes with full consequences on. Mm-hmm. So the two polar opposites is Avengers mm-hmm. and Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Right? That makes sense. Because in one case, you've got someone who... Uh, a, a, a very poignant scene in uh, Invincible where they're like, we need to take care of him. Get him the hell away from all populated areas. If you're going to fight this guy, but do it over the ocean. Do it Do it in a giant unpopulated... Go, go to space. I don't care. Yeah. Just get him out of here. Yep. You know, get him to a place where we could literally hit him with an atomizer that will devastate a hundred mile radius around him. Like, nothing needs to be near him. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Whereas Avengers, it's like, oh, they're taking on New York and there's a giant portal above it and we need to nuke it. Excuse me? You're going to bring a nuke into, into New, New York. York City? Yeah. No. That's, they're going to let the city be taken over and figure it out. So, yeah. you want to take off and nuke it in orbit? Yeah. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, all all bad ideas. Right. All bad ideas. But the but the thing is is that there's also no direct consequences for those actions. Sure. And that's okay. And that's okay. They're hand wave. It's, it's the, a light you know. pulpy story. Like yeah. we're we're just we're just going for it's this a, pure escapism. It's escapism. And it that is. is what escapism is. We've been throwing that word around a lot, but that's mm-hmm. what we're looking at, you know? Yeah. It's escaping from the realities of action begets consequence and it's just reveling in the power fantasy. Yeah. And that's fine. That's super fun yeah there's we nothing love wrong with that there's nothing wrong it is with that. lack escapism is lack of consequences by design it's healthy it's good um you're not wrong or bad for wanting to be fictitious people in a fictitious world doing fictitious things that don't connect with reality in any way that's okay there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You can have you can have a touch of reality today because you were being good. Aww, you know, on occasion. A little reality as a treat. But I will flat out say this here, is that if someone wants to have a power fantasy in their life, I think role-playing is an excellent place to put it because the most dangerous thing between them and anyone else at the table are dice, paper, and their voice. Yep. And their voice can be managed through yep. just conversation. Yep. If they need to be releasing that kind of energy, I think it's a pretty damn safe place to do it in. I'd, I'd rather somebody pretend 
to go on a shooting spree at you know at a table mm-hmm. with some dice, yeah, uh, and have it be a dark moment in the story, then right. uh, have it be a real thing, yeah, that I see on the evening news, or even just express the way their character is feeling as a as a mirror to themselves at some level, an experience that they're trying to move through. That is a much safer place to do it in. Like. It's amongst other people. It, yeah, sure. It, they, they're going to see the reactions. They're going to get their gauging. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, okay, and that's fine. Yeah. That's healthy. It doesn't mean do whatever you want. Yeah, so it's 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 fine and it's healthy within 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 reason. And it's a big margin of reason yeah. for escapism. But uh, you want to just be careful not to take escapism as implicit uh, permission to go completely off the rails. Yeah. Uh, like, just because the storyteller has glossed over the very real aspect of collateral damage doesn't mean all NPCs suddenly have plot armor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that you should go out of your way to create more I mean, collateral damage. We made the joke literally while creating this sheet was just like, you know, after, you know, stepping into the bad guy's lair, you're like, hey, what's your name? Ted. Do you have a last name, Ted? Uh, I, um, I'm not certain. Okay, you don't matter. Bang. Like, right. Like, what? What what was that? He doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. There's no consequences in this game. Yeah. What? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's. I, 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 there's a level of that, and I think context has a lot to do with that. Yeah, it it does. Context and tone, and, and like, and... I love uh, 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 Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think Venture Brothers does it sits directly between Marvel and uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. It it sits in that weird spot where it's like, yeah, there are villains, but even they know there are like rules. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Like yeah. you don't just do this, like. You know, we we have some guidelines to follow. There's a reason why we use darts and our guns are not our guns don't have scopes on them. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's things that we do to make the the, the vision of what this is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere a little more grayer toward Avengers is you've got like you know uh, Phineas and Ferb's uh, Perry the Platypus and Doofenshmirtz. Mm-hmm. You know, they literally paint out the lines of, of where <laughs> of where that sits effectively. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like that's what you're doing with your players in that context. You're setting that framework for them so that they can feel comfortable to have their escapism. Mm-hmm. And everyone can sit there. And sometimes that needs to be adjusted a little bit, that context, because of comfort levels at the table. But it has to be available there. It has to be realistic in that sense of, or not realistic, but um, consistent. Yes, yes. So what do you do if you, like, legit do want to have some realism at your table? And you're not you're not looking for the escapism, and then you've got too few consequences. Well, okay. If you're if you're framing up your story to be realistic mm-hmm. and have the verisimilitude rank to ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. This is reality. What what's the story that's being told? The story is the drama of life, right? Yeah. You're a superhero. We're hand waving what you do with a mask on. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is coming, going to, and coming back from those adventures. Yeah, yeah. 
That's what we're talking about here, and that's where realism steps in. There's going to be news reports about how your masked Avenger was seen at doing things and how the world feels about that, and this is going to be about you reacting to those situations in your personal lives mm -hmm. and then having to step from that personal life back to the mask. Like, that's realism yep. at its core, but you're framing it for the players for what the story is, mm -hmm. where it sits, how it's going to be harsh, what... We're in a game right now that technically has a very deep tonal po point to that, and that is, is people can live forever because they have stacks. Their their entire consciousness is in a chipset that gets uploaded and backed up. Yep, and stuffed in the back of a uh, manufactured body, and that's how your consciousness is there. And if your body gets obliterated somehow, that's fine. Just grab the chip, stuff it in a new body. Yeah, can't, not a big maybe a little system shock, but you'll be all right. Sure, you know, sure, you know, just don't think about it too hard. Okay, that is still something to register. Yeah. Of how is that handled, mm -hmm. right? And then how is it handled when it's found out that the person doesn't have a stack? Right. What is the value of life when everyone is immortal? What is the value of life when most people are immortal, well, and but some aren't? But the thing is, is that is that the story? Is right. that the core of what we're talking about? Yeah, it's part of the story. Yeah. Right. And so these are the frameworks that come together when you're trying to figure out the consequences for actions and making sure that it sits within the stasis of that world to be able to express it and allow the players then to move within that level of escapism yeah. and their comforts within it. Agreed. So, because otherwise, murder hobos are going to murder hobo. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> None of the consequences, that's how you get murder hobos. Yep. So. All right, let's get to some of these questions We have here. a lot. Uh, so the Mad Elf asks, if it's not part of the initial discussion, how do you effectively blend the two concepts in order to have realistic consequences that don't seem like railroads or punishments? Um, I would say the first step is context and setting that theme and tone with your players. Yeah, I think you need to find what that baseline is first, and that baseline needs to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And after that, though, like... I, I, Don't assume. I'm going to say this right now. Do not make the <laughs> assumption that your players know. Either by reading something... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm yeah. with you on that one. I'm, I'm yeah. kind, of, kind of moving past that, though, because, like... No, no. In, in, to, to the whole part of, like, how do you make it not seem like railroading or punishment? Right, right, okay. right. And I, I think the key to that is buy-in. Mm -hmm. You know? Railroading and punishment are both things you do to your players. There you go. Your players don't aren't an active participant in either of these things. And they have they to are be. just on the receiving end of them. Yep. Okay. Yep. A teacher punishes a student. Right. But like we're partners at the table in a collaborative storytelling experience here. Why am I railroading or punishing? Why why would I ever do anything that you are not part of the discussion on? Correct. Okay. Now, I may say something to you to the effect of like okay, uh you understand this is going to have some consequences, you know. Mhm. Mm um and if I start, you know, saying okay, well I th I think it's it's something like this, you might say to me, "I'm not really comfortable with that." And that's part of the conversation of like this isn't fun for me. Okay. I understand it's not fun for you. What what do you think a where do you think the story should go from here, you know, if this is something you're not comfortable with, you know? And just discuss it. Just I I think some of the best 
some of the best consequences I've ever had have actually been player input. Yeah. Of like, okay, you failed a role. What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, Steve, especially. Yep, yep. Br- brilliant on his feet of like, you tell me how your character screwed up and what happens. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I know exactly how I screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> and with a grin on his face, tells me, it's like, okay, that's funny. That's entertaining. We're all part of it. And uh, most importantly, that input came from you. So it's, you don't feel like I'm screwing you over. It's proportional. It yeah, works. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think players do, I, th- I think your key to that and the answer to Mad L's question at its core is you're not eliciting a punishment or railroading. You're not being the teacher or coach. Yeah. It is a, it is something that your player is actively part of. And it is an evolution of the story. Correct. A consequence is just an evolution of the story. Yep. That's it. Yep. So. Uh, so Nevim. Uh, says, uh, is character death the worst consequence for a player? No. I'm... I'm gonna say no. I have two minds on this one. I think, I think (laughs) death is a release, um, is a terrible way of saying it, but I think it's true. I think it'd be far worse to have a player who doesn't know what to do with their character because of cons- because of punishments you put against them, it basically oh and like, now they're like back backing them into some sort of painting them into some sort of a corner and now yeah. they they like okay your character's like in jail and wanted in every town and it's or, like or even just the fact of like hey I used my skill this way yeah you can't use that way anymore okay well like this is what it's for yeah it's, you've been using it totally brokenly so you can't use that anymore you can't do that anymore yeah the gods the gods have decided that they're taking your powers away right so but now they're, cleric, they still so... have to play the character mm-hmm. because they want to continue it because the character's not dead and there's no reason for them to be dead but now they have no way out of the situation yeah. no way to resolve it yeah yeah that's that's probably a, a worse punishment i think that's way worse in my opinion I, I was dragging my feet on it because death ends a story yeah, but also for as far as consequences, makes it easy. Though, yeah, entirely, entirely neutering them and and but leaving them alive in the story—that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's arguably worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, a player character thinks uh, they uh, owning the place and facing some authority figure like a king or a queen. The authority figure gives them uh, some warning about the dire consequences in prison or death, uh, which could happen if the character continues on the path of disregarding their authority. Uh, what consequences? The uh, what consequences could the character f- uh, face if they don't listen to the warning song? I'm. I mean, I, I. I feel like if you have telegraphed the consequence, in, in, in as you describe it, they are mouthing off to someone who is a high authority. That high authority says, "Hey, you keep that up. I'm going to slap that mouth back shut, and you're not going to like it." And then you continue to do it. I feel like you have given them ample warning to slap their mouth back shut. Now, on the other hand, you could go lighter with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have them be dismissed, taken away, escorted out, kicked off, kicked out on their rump. Yeah. Okay. Not imprisoned, not killed. Mm -hmm. Seldom is that done. Okay, mm-hmm. especially between large power discrepancies. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I, a commoner, am lipping off to a king, the king isn't necessarily going to have me killed. 
I am insignificant to the king. Mm -hmm. He's just going to throw me out. Yeah. He can ignore me. Yeah. I don't mean anything to him. I don't affect his day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go right to the Emperor's New Groove, mm -hmm. where Cusco basically brings in Pacha, a common farmer, mm -hmm. to give him advice. And then Pacha's like, whoa, 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 you can't just do that. That's where I live. And he's just like, when I'm done, your little towny thing is going to be gone. So, bye. And right. kicks him out. Yep. Like, just has his guards escort him out the door, because whatever, you know? But the, the concept is, 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 like you stated, proportional mm -hmm. to the station. But I will say this, is that an, a, look look for a proactive way to continue that story. Mm -hmm. If, the, if the, the, the players are intent on setting themselves against this powerful authority figure, mm -hmm. okay, what is a proactive way we can, we can move on with the story? Okay, sure, they've made an enemy of that one character, but they've probably made an ally of their enemies, Mm -hmm. If they were in earshot to hear their opinions. Yep. So the sly advisor who is looking to usurp the king approaches them that night and goes, Hey, noticed you had some opinions in court today. Mm -hmm. And that asshole of a king kicked you out. Wouldn't you love to see him get some comeuppance, huh? Yeah, I... There's a scene from, uh, I want to say it was X-Men First Class, where uh, Xavier is presenting the whole X-Factor and mutants and, mutants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the conversation is not going well. Mm -hmm. They basically think he's a spy. He, he rolls he rolls really poorly on his on his charisma rolls. Sure, sure. You know, his, he presentation rolls. And Mystique just stands up and clones one of them in the room. Mm -hmm. And they're all stunned. But the immediate response from them are, get them the hell out of here. I want them locked up, right? But sitting in the back of the room is someone who goes, I got a facility, it's off-site. I'll take him. And he's interested. Mm -hmm. That's moving the story forward. Yeah. That's that's a response to that situation. That's what you just painted in a different light. Yep. So I 100% encourage that. Mm -hmm. don't, don't discourage your players if they're just being swarthy and... You know, if it's one player and the rest of the group is like, shut the hell up, mm -hmm. like you're going to get us thrown out of here, you know, sure, okay, that's that's one thing. Like, mm -hmm. if it's just them being kind of a jerk, it's a whole other thing when the whole group is into it, that they're just not into this whole, like, richy thing, right? Setting up a single player for future story or villainy is fine, but make it proportional. Because mm -hmm. that person, like you said... May not give two hoots who these people are. Yeah. Uh, so last question by Nevin. Um, how to turn and use consequences to drive forward the story and furthermore not feel as... Actually, we, we, we literally... That. I, I accidentally answered that question you for you. You did. Congratulations. Yep. I want to slip one in here. Actually, Knox in the live chat says, uh, seems like we're talking a lot about whether the DM uh, decides to punish the players or not. When do you just let the dice decide? So... I, I guess you let the dice decide when there's something left up to chance, right? Like, you don't roll dice unless there is an option of failure. 
I suppose you let the dice decide when, say, like, somebody wants to make a persuasion check to maybe minimize those consequences or sweet-talk the authority figure that's trying to levy consequences, but other than that, I don't really see a lot of dice play in action and consequence decision-making. There is no... It upsets me greatly when a when a storyteller says, well, just roll some dice, right? Just throws it out there willy-nilly without a thought on whether or not this is a consequential moment right. that deserves a die roll yeah, because it means something to the story. Because mm-hmm. the real question is, is this meaningful to your to your character? Is it actually meaningful to their backstory, to their progress, their goals, their direction, or to the story? If the answer is no, dice should not hit the table. Yeah. Right? If you're actively trying to influence somebody to push the plot forward, it is a scene, then that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's an action. And it's going to have dice and actionable consequences. Sure. That are part of game mechanics. Beyond that... Don't throw dice in the mix. You are asking for a problem as a storyteller. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is, oh, it's a punishment, and then they ace it. Mm-hmm. They just kick you in the teeth with dice. And now now you have to react appropriately. Or worse yet, you've you've got, like, and th- this, happened, this happened in your 7C game, where it was like, we spent three game sessions stacking the deck doing everything possible and doing some really remarkable things without a doubt to absolutely make sure that we had 100% success on this and the dice just bit us mm-hmm. and y'all hated we, it. We left it up to random chance and it just tasted so sour. Yep. You hated it. Yep. It was terrible. It yep. was terrible. So yeah, dice, dice will make sour moments for one side or the other mm-hmm. and that will never be comfortable. So all right, so Philly Fan asks, uh, do you have any tips for how to keep antagonists or threats relevant and active without your players feeling like they're always running out of time to combat them? I.e., I want to find out more about the High Society T, but the evil sorcerer terrorizing the other side of the continent needs to be dealt with first. Yeah, this is this uh, what I refer to as the Skyrim problem. Mm-hmm. Alduin is... Uh, the, the, the dragons are coming back to life, and Alduin is going to devour the world <laughs> at any moment! But also, you can build a house on the countryside and raise a family. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. I think... uh, So, if you're gonna play a game that involves doom clocks, let the players see the doom clocks early. Yep. Yep. Let them know a doom clock is a thing. And what the trigger is. You don't have to paint the the entire trigger telling them Mm -hmm. the truth behind it, but they do need to know that there are eight events there's eight triggers because as a player they need to be able to move through that yep right and if you say triggers happen based on events in the story Mm -hmm. okay great so me going to do this high society thing isn't gonna launch a trigger no okay can we do that yeah it's fine yep Yep. Like, meta-wise, no problem. And I think, first off, that's that's an active decision on you as a player. Mm-hmm. Like, your players are clearly interested in doing that. Do you think you should punish them for doing the thing that they're interested in going to have fun doing with the consequences of, oh, yeah, uh, the, the villain just nuked a, a town off the side of the countryside because you guys were sipping tea at a ball, mm-hmm. you know? 
no, maybe you can hold off on that. Maybe it's okay if they go to the high society thing and have some and, fun. And don't have everyone at the high society thing being like, oh, the world is tragic and 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 you should be out doing something. What are you yeah, doing here? The passive aggressive of like, oh, the heroes are here and not saving the countryside. Yeah, exactly. How gracious we are to have them here. But what of those poor village? Okay, exactly. we get it. We yeah, get it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So. Um. Yeah. The other the other thing I would do too is maybe those two things can be conjoined. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Maybe they're not entirely separate things. Like they go to the high society tea. Maybe if they accomplish some sort of a goal there, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for the social character to do a little rumor mill digging or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, rubbing some elbows and getting some favors from some nobles or something. I don't know. Um, but maybe there's an opportunity there for them to learn something about their foe mm-hmm. or maybe learn what their next target is or what their weakness might be or something like that, you know. Meet meet an ex-lover or something like that. They're... The high society tea does not necessarily need to be disconnected. Not at all. It, and in fact, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You know. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's perfectly fine for you to to just engage in that. Just let them just let them have it. It's fine. I, I see no difference with your players picking the scene that they want to go into and you readjusting where the quantum noogers sit. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. Oh, he was going to destroy the town tomorrow? Okay, now it's going to be the day after tomorrow because you guys had something to do today. It's fine. Not only that, but it's like, oh, you were expecting them to get that information from the dock workers as they got on the ship, but instead they went to this high society thing? Maybe they're going to get it from the high society thing instead. Yep. Maybe it's the servants there. Yep. Who are going to drop the note to them. Yep. They picked the location. The stuff settles into that position. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just That's move, the difference. Just, just keep the story moving forward and keep it fun for everybody. Yep. Keep moving forward. Yep. So we have a, a new Discord member. I, uh, lo- I love this name. Yeah, Midnight, Midnight Dreary. Yes. But it's M-I-D-K-N-I-G-H-T. Midnight Dreary. Uh, do you think consequences should be bigger for more ex- uh, for uh, more experienced role players? No. I don't think they should be bigger or smaller. Because I often find that the more experienced role players create their own consequences. I think that's true. Here's the thing. I don't think you should make the consequences bigger because they are a more experienced role player. Correct. Okay. You should make the you should make the, the consequences proportional to whatever it is whatever you're making is. consequences for. Okay. Yep. End of the story. I would say you maybe want to leave a few guardrails and a little padding on inexperienced role players. Yep. Okay. L- less think of it less as making them bigger for more experienced and make but make rather than making them lighter for less experienced. Yep. So that less experienced role players don't feel punished, they don't feel driven out, they have time to calibrate their reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a bit about bleed, mm-hmm. which is um, your personal feelings bleeding into your character and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay. A blurring of the line between character and player. Um, newer players are not going to deal with bleed very well. No, they, they often, a, a lot of early role players and just early actors mm-hmm. bleed hard. Yeah. So if you give massive consequences to someone, you know, to, I don't know, teach them a lesson or let them know that, you know, they're not, they're not playing a kid's game of make believe or whatever it is you're trying to do there, you know, 
chances are you're just insulting the player. Yeah. You're just making the player not want to play the the game and have fun. Yeah, they probably will step away from role-playing altogether. Uh, So I would say, you know, make them them light, make them fun, but make them understand that this was a consequence of an action. Uh, And then as they get more experienced and more comfortable, then you can start making them a little heavier. Yep. Yep. Uh, Second question. Can you suggest ways to use in-game consequences to get my less RP-inclined players to RP more instead of just letting the other players do it. <laughs> I th- I think consequences are not the direction you should be taking to get your less RP players to RP more. Agreed. I, I think they will see it as a punishment Agreed. directly. You, you want 100% carrot, 0% stick. Yeah. It's not consequences you're looking for. It's incentives. Yes. It's enticement. You need to lean into the things they're interested in. Yeah, and also, I th- this is a bit of an out-of-game problem being solved within game... Mechanics. Mechanics yeah. problem here. I, I, I think if you've got people who aren't comfortable RPing at the table, I don't think that that's a thing you solve in-game. It, well, I, I'm going to say it is. In some ways, uh, oh, I, I mean, it, give, by giving them opportunities to you know, lean into their characters and stuff like that. I, I'm assuming though this is not an instance where they they don't they don't see an opening to get into the story, but rather they they themselves are a timid person who does not feel comfortable role playing under any circumstances at your table because they're not part of the group or they haven't done this before or whatever, or they're just a socially anxious person yep. or they don't think very well on their feet. You know, all sort of, thing. of those things. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's fine, but I would say the first step is talking to that player and asking them. First of all, making sure they're having fun. Mm-hmm. If they're not jumping in, is it because they're uncomfortable, or is it because they're just happy people watching and being and being the quiet member of the group? Yeah. Or are they, you know, are, are they just, you know, eager to play but not quite sure? Yeah. You can approach all of these problems in different ways. Yeah. Um, and you know, have that conversation with them and see what they're looking for in the game and see if you can provide it. Yeah. And if you're trying to encourage someone to role play who's just not comfortable with acting or doesn't know what to do, there are a lot of different tools out there to kind of get them feeling on it. Um, Like, for instance, uh, prompt cards are a way to do it uh, where when they are in a mood, like you can often ask a player like, well, how are you feeling about this? Mm hmm. You know, how's your character feeling about this? Addressing them in their character is a big step of that. Yeah. But even if they're not sure, like, well, I, I think I'm depressed about this. Okay, but I, I don't know what I would do. You know what? I just happen to have a depression card. Mm-hmm. And in the depression card, like in Wander Home is a great example of it. If you're angry, you can do two of these things. Yeah. And literally there are notes for how to act. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that framework of helping someone be able to learn how to react outside of themselves mm-hmm. because they're not sure about who they are or about who this thing is that they're moving around sure. on the table. Talk so it through. Just give them opportunities without putting a spotlight on them at the table while everyone else is staring and forcing them to try and do something they're uncomfortable with. Yeah, yeah. You're so, it is never good to take someone to the water slide to the top of it and say, get on. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to. Well, you're already up here. Get on. 
Like, right. That right. is not how you get because at the end of that water slide, they are done. Yep. They did it once, and they don't want you. Any, they did not have fun with it. It and, was not what they experienced. And they know you didn't take no for an answer. Correct. Yep. And and now you've done wrong. Yep. Because the f- mm-hmm. we'll get back to this next month, but consent is important. <laughs> that sounds like a future topic. Yes. Uh, the the last thing I would I would say too is that first follower is a very is a very powerful thing. It is uh, in situations is. like this, um, uh, where you have other more experienced, more comfortable players at the table do the thing first, mm-hmm. so that the players can see that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And see that there's no social repercussions for for it, and you know whatnot. Um, I think, like I've 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 talked about it a little bit before. Yeah, like, we where uh, Sean is, uh, you know, he he kind of does a a, a a bit of a British accent. Sure. And admittedly, it's not a great British accent, you know, but it, it like it's what his character sounds like. Sure. And he talked to me about this one time. And he was in, we were driving home in the car, and he was like, he's like. I feel really self conscious about it. I'm like, don't, dude. Lean I do. Vo- I do voices all, all, all darn day. You know, with with my NPCs and stuff like that. Like, it's fun. Like, everybody at the table is enjoying that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody is there going like, Sean's not a professional voice actor. I think we should kick him out of the group. No, they're like, they they know what Phalian sounds like, and Correct. he sounds like a snooty asshole because that's who he is. You yeah. know, and it it reads perfectly for the character. It's flawless. Is it a great? British accent? No, it's not going to win any awards whatsoever. But it's fun, well, and it adds to the net fun at the table. And so I told him, keep doing that under pain of death. He's not trying to mimic a specific individual no, exactly. and replicate something. He's created it whole cloth. Exactly. It's great. It's wonderful. But Continue he does it. it, and and I think that too, like, gives other players at the table permission to do. Like, we've because some players who who are inconsistent about their accents. Sure. Uh, 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 er- Erica fades in and out of their accent one hundred percent a bit, but I love it mm-hmm. when when you guys do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it it adds so much to the table. So I think having someone out there as a first follower, someone who is willing to take mm-hmm. that little extra step and be like. I'll do an accent there, laddie. It's not yeah. my greatest accent, but I'll do it. Yeah, you know it's something. Like, what, what the hell was that? Was that supposed to be Scottish? I think so. I don't no. know, but I'm, whatever. I'm having fun. I'm doing an accent. Yep. You know, yep. it, it's it's not a good accent, but it is an accent. Yeah, I'm I'm notorious <laughs> for not doing accents as my character. Uh huh. I'm terrible. Like I'll do it as a storyteller, but I am terrible at being it as a character because I'm thinking too hard about the character. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a terrible thing I do. But there, no, there's there's something to be said about that. Actually, there's um, uh, I actually heard some of the members of Critical Role talking about how they'll like. Um, I think it was Talison Jaffe was talking about how he couldn't get the accent for for Molly Mock Tea Leaf correct. It was supposed to be an Irish accent, but he couldn't think and speak mm-hmm. in like if you give him a script, he can yeah. do an Irish yep. accent, but he can't think and. Speaking an Irish accent at the same time, yep. And so it was completely inconsistent while he was playing that character. I think that's true for storytellers. It like is. You you really have to know what you're going to say to mm-hmm. be able to say the thing differently. And to wit, I have told you that I have. There's only a couple nationalities I'm willing to play in yep. uh, uh, in Seventh C yep. for you because they're all the accents I can do <laughs> just off the cuff. Yeah. But you still have to think about it. I can do a British accent. I can do a Russian accent, and I can do a French accent. That is yep. all you get. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. So I would say encourage it, and as along with along with the first follower is 
when that first follower is doing things, they're also pulling at others when they see them in in the concept of it dancing with them. If mm-hmm. they're starting to move around the table, if you will, doing their own little role play, that person is drawing them in yes. those, those moments yes. and encourage that. Encourage it. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. So. All right. Next week. Next week, we are talking a bit about the difference in characters between making characters for long campaigns and making characters for one shots as well as like how you as a storyteller view those characters Mm -hmm. because are you gonna go deep into their stories for a one shot probably not Mm -hmm. but if they've made them you kind of got to do that for something longer and how do you how do you balance that yeah. Where do you go with those exactly. things? So. so we'll talk a bit about that next time. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, join us up on Discord. We would love to hear from you. Uh, drop some uh, some questions in there for us. Talk to the other great storytellers that are up there. Share some campaign ideas. You know, make a whole downloadable PDF for the rules system you just cooked up overnight, Hulavoo. Um <laughs> You can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who support us every single month, especially our name members. Knox in the Box, Sedjet, uh, Arcane Asylum, Veteran, Hulavu, Sam, Sean, and Sparkle Motion. We appreciate all your support. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find them on Instagram or Patreon.com uh, as Arcane Anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find them at geefrog.bandcamp.com. And the outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find them at freemusicarchive.org. And big shout out as always to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you thank so you, much for loving you. and supporting us. All of our friends who sat us at our tables uh, over the years to give these great stories to share with you. And you, every single one of our listeners, we love you guys love so much. Love you guys much. all. Good night. Good night.